This is Nadia from the Relativity Podcast and you're listening to Discussing Who. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start by saying this is episode 257 of Discussing Who. We will be reviewing Time of the Doctor, and who are we? Well, for starters, I'm Kyle Jones again, and I want to welcome back Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? Uh, Not half bad. You know, doing okay, but glad to be back to talk about some Doctor Who with you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Well, glad to have you back and also glad to have back Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. As Clarence often says, can't complain. I was hoping you were going to say you were grand. Yeah, sometimes, but uh, I I can't go that far right now. You're not feeling your piano-ness today. (laughs) <laughs> no good as, as i get a little bit older you know i hope somebody would open a crack in the sky and give me some more energy regenerations or yep. whatever you know that's that's my dream you know <laughs> although you know i i can sit around pouting about being 60 years old but i just uh, uh one of my friends um uh, in a similar age bracket was sharing a study of people's accomplishments you know, you know, kind of not just career goals, but about things in uh, you know, other kind of life milestones. And right now, at least in America, the most productive time in people's lives, and maybe it was men. I should go back and look at this. But anyway, I'm covered anyway. But <laughs> 60 to 70. Mm, really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is very interesting. Very interesting. They're just talking about the, you know, People, uh, all kinds of professions. They just went through a whole catalog of professions, like people who had, um, you know, done this and that, and you know, uh, how, uh, priests in the priesthood, and uh, average age is something like sixty-three. Um, Nobel Prize winners, average age is sixty-eight. You know, on and on and on. Wow. I just thought, you know, okay. And honestly, after the year I've had this last year professionally, despite the pandemic, I got to say my sixties are off to pretty good start. So. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Awesome sauce. Well, considering yeah. the fact that I am like knocking on 50's door, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'll just say I'm happy to be here, happy to be here with you guys, and happy yeah. to be talking time of the doctor. And I know before we move on that in the last two episodes, our friend and confidant Shannon Perry has been with us. She is unable to be with us tonight. But she sends positivity and good tidings for this episode, and we can't wait to have her back on again soon. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. And for anybody listening, let us know how much you miss having Shannon Perry on the show (laughs) by leaving us a voicemail at discussingwho at gmail.com or hitting hitting us up at discussingwho on any and all social medias. Also, if you're listening on the podcatcher of your choice, please just drop in and leave us a review because that really helps us get seen and get rated and move up the iTunes charts. Awesome. Yeah, especially getting getting rated. But And as always, we love to say that um, you don't have to be doing this right now. You could be doing something else, but you've chosen to spend some time with us clowns. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for doing that. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yes. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for being here. And I think at this time, before we even get into the review, I think that we're going to have an, an unannounced change of spoiler. Silence is not falling, but I am going to say, if you have not seen recent Doctor Who news, or if you have not seen the time of the Doctor, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, look for Doctor Who news, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> and now it's time for one last bow. Like all your other selves, Eleven's hour is over now. The clock is striking twelves. The siege of Trenzalore is now begun. The Time Lord has entered the trap. Help him change the future. Do it. So, gentlemen, we know that Flux, which is the official title of the overall story of the six-part Doctor Who series 13, is coming. And as of this recording, it is coming this weekend. Just quick thoughts for the news. What do you think? Are you excited? Just really, really quick, your thoughts. Lee, I'll start with you. I'm so excited. I'm so very, very pleased. There. Mm. <laughs> Excelente. Clarence Brown. Yeah. I'm excited, but have no clue what we're getting. I, 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 the trailer was pretty enticing and had some good visuals in there and showed us some enemies we haven't seen in a while. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of up for it. Yeah. What about you, man? So I'm going to say that if they call me the king. I think it was Shannon that says, I am the king of transitions. I am now decreeing that you are the general, five-star general of transitions, because I want to go over our synopsis that we have found, or that not we have found, that the BBC has released for Flux, which says... Jodie Whittaker, Mandip Gill, John Bishop, and Jacob Anderson star in an epic six-part adventure which will take the Doctor and her friends to the edge of the universe and beyond in a battle for survival. Packed with action, humor, terrifying new villains, and iconic returning monsters such as the Santarans and the Weeping Angels, the new series of Doctor Who tells one story across a vast canvas— the Doctor and company face a race against and through time to uncover a universe-spanning mystery. What is the flux? Hmm. Interesting. Well, we do have our tentpole thing to, I guess, kind of act as the driving factor for the series back. So that's going to be very interesting, uh, to, to especially to see how they weave it all together and hopefully give us one great, a story that gives us these small stories with each episode, but still add to the greater whole of the full season. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm, me too. Me too. This is as weird as this may sound. I'm excited <laughs> to see, are we going to get a new series opening? You know, are we getting mm -hmm. maybe a new theme variation? Are we getting a new opening variation? We may not, but I would just like, 
to, based on some of the things that we've said in previous episodes, I would like to see what else Sagan has in his bag of tricks that he can bring to us and mm-hmm. show us what he can do. And we do have the f- titles for the first two episodes. I'll let you bring that up if you want to, because I don't know if it's too big of a spoiler. No, no, no. Go ahead, because we've already given the spoiler warning. So go for it. Yeah. October 31st, we have the Halloween apocalypse. And on November 7th, we have the War of the Suntarans. Seems pretty interesting. I want to ask Lee a question before we move on about the war. This vision that we're getting of the Santarans, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is an interesting combination of the two, isn't it? We've seen Santarans of differing heights. Sometimes their heads just appear to be more elongated. I like the Dan Starkey look. Uh, I noticed that these guys have armor that protects the back of their necks, which I th- always thought was seems like it'd be the first thing I'd do if I was a Santaran. <laughs> I noticed that little detail. My thought is, you know, I've seen online people saying, oh, it's a different Santaran. They've redone the Santarans. Yes, there are clones, but who's to say that there is only one clone template? I mean, my logic mm-hmm. would be you've got more than one. So why can't there be these Santarans that look like a rustic potato head as opposed mm-hmm. to the dome-looking, comical, cartoony Strax version? I'm happy with yeah. both. Well, I mean, since they're all canon, we've seen that they're not all the same already. So it makes me think of the a, a Star Trek episode, episode of Next Generation, where there was a, a whole community of people who were uh, turned out to be clones. But um, they were the 50th, 60th generation, and they were, get, they were experiencing replicative fading. Mm. So their genes are getting uh, mixed up because they're a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. And <laughs> eventually you just you just don't look like the original anymore. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to do that to crank out soldiers, that's going to happen. Interesting. And, you know, maybe as a good segue here, maybe they wind up on, in a town called Christmas in a car that's invisible but half invisible now and get blown up who knows <laughs> oh boy yeah, okay okay <laughs> well that basically means that it's time to get into our review and our review of course is the time of the doctor this was the 2013 doctor who christmas special first airing on the 25th of december 2013 it starred matt smith as the 11th doctor Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald and officially introduced Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor. So, summary view, Lee, I'll start with you. Summary view, what say you? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I hate this episode. (laughs) Oh, wow. Really? I freaking can't stand this episode. Yes, I love it. Let's hear it. And I'm here to tell you why. Oh, please tell me. <laughs> Fight. <laughs> do you really hate it? I do. Okay, that's fine. I, I, love, it. I love that you yep. hate it because I yep. love it when we... Yep. Okay, go for it. Uh, tell me. Well, well, what's fun is that so many of these in the last year, you know, I've remembered that I didn't like them. And as we've gone back to revisit them, I've said, well, that's funny. You know, I remember disliking this when it originally aired, but... Um, 
that was quite good. Or, you know, maybe I've grown into it. Or maybe, you know, later episodes gave it some context or something. But I hated this one when it came out. And all these years later, I'm looking back at it again. And I hate it even more. So I think before Clarence goes, I need to say this. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. There is, I have a very strong emotional. <laughs> Kyle says, what's it like being on your last episode of no, 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 no. Let me say this. My, I have a very strong emotional thought of this episode. So my hmm. thoughts of this episode are less, they're more about me and less about the story. Yes. So I'm perfectly fine that you hate the story. Yeah. But no, I respect that completely. Yeah. But yeah. but my I I think over the years and as we get into our conversation, I think you'll understand where some of this is coming from because oh, yeah. it's this episode that actually gets me and your wife having our very first conversation. But we'll get into that in a moment. That's right. And why, when we get to choosing our favorite quote, I stepped up back from one because I already know. It's going to be yours. Gotcha. So, some review. And it is a great, great line. Anyway. Some review. Hate, love. So, hate from Lee. (laughs) Love from Kyle. (laughs) Clarence, what gift do you have to give us this Christmas? (laughs) Well, I'm going to do it like I always do. And I'm going to come right down somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Wait, that's your line. Um, No, that's not you. (laughs) No. Oh, man. This is complicated because... I actually, you know, I I watched it a while before, you know, when I eventually caught up on Doctor Who. But I watched this one twice in in the past week. And I have to say the first time there were some things about it that really just got on my nerves. I mean, to be honest. But there's so much goodness in this episode. I can't hate it. I mean, the, the, the good is so good that I can't really fault it for the things that I didn't like. I do feel like. I feel like in the effort to be clever, we retread some things from the Matt Smith era that just make it ultimately confusing. And if you break it down, it does all make sense. But it just kind of makes it too confusing to me for this story, because honestly, again, there's some things I didn't understand. I guess that I haven't understood since I've seen this episode until I watched it twice this week. Yeah, uh I do ultimately still love the episode just because it has some of my favorite moments from Doctor Who, period. Again, some things I didn't like. I don't like how the Doctor treated Clara. Um, I I felt some of the things with the priestess, um, Tasha Lim was just dumb. But <laughs> I, I, again, we'll talk about it. I think I liked it, though. So before we get into my next question, I'm just going to say... This is my last official Team Clara episode. <laughs> Knowing what comes next, I'm oh, just going Vinge. to say, when I, you I say see. how he was treating Clara, I'm just going to say, she deserved it. Anyway. Mm, hate her. Okay. <laughs> so Christmas story. And I want to point this one to you first, Clarence. Christmas story. This could possibly be one of the least Christmas Christmas stories since the Christmas invasion, question mark? Was it or or is that a wrong question? What do you think? I think it's a very interesting idea to place the story on a planet, which, oh, that's another thing to get on my nerves, on a planet where this town is all winter and all Christmassy looking the whole time and it's called Christmas. 
which he made a uh, a reference to uh, Easter Island, I guess, <laughs> to be the right. You know, that's that's why we can call it Christmas. But you know, I just felt like it was probably too forced to say, you know, that this place was Christmas, and there wasn't much about it other than it being very snowy. I guess you had the Christmas lights, but. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that other than to say this is a holiday episode and we want to throw Christmas in there because it could have been any snowy planet. So I, I don't know about that. What What did you guys think? I, I did want to see um, Han Solo right up on a Tauntaun at some point. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's cute. It's sweet. But a whole planet called Christmas sounds like to me, strikes me as something that is less appropriate for Doctor Who and more appropriate for the Rankin Bass Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> mm. you know, planet called Christmas, Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> it's just I found it corny. It was so corny to me, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, I know it's Christmas, and I know we have to have some kind of Christmas something just sprinkled out there, but I think the Christmas invasion which I don't see as a Christmas story works so much better because it just so happened that it was the Christmas season that they crashed back to earth, uh, you know, in that story. So it was Christmas and you saw Christmas all around and you knew it was Christmas, but it wasn't a town on the planet of Trenzalore. So you basically take this Trenzalore that we saw in a previous episode that was this war-torn planet and then now saying, but guess what? This war-torn planet, it used to be Merry Christmas. Oh, yes. that got on my nerves so much when they said it was Trenzalore. <laughs> and and, and, yeah. and uh. I think I think they could have got away with, I don't, where, where, where does Clara live? What part of uh, England is that? It wasn't even snowing. I think they could have made that part more Christmassy because I love the moments with her and her family and getting to know her cheeky grandma. That's Christmas. And yeah. and having the doctor over for dinner. Um, I thought all that was interesting. To me, that, that was more Christmassy than the planet itself. Uh, so I don't know. So let's talk about Clara's family. And since you brought it up, Clarence, I'll keep it with you. You said you kind of liked that. What What did you think of the scene between Clara and she's calling the doctor and because she needs a boyfriend and he, you know, he comes and comes to the dinner table. What What did you thought of? What were your thoughts about that scene? Well, I get that you don't want to be the family member without a date at the Christmas gathering. So I, I totally get that. But the the whole uh hologram clothes that was i mean they set that up for a later for later bringing it back when we visit the priestess priestess but i just it just i just thought it was i know matt smith as a doctor can be apt absent-minded sometimes but that was just a little over the top to me to be honest <laughs> but but help me out here we had the grandma and was that her brother or uncle who's who's the other guy at the table i don't know if we ever got a I, I have a thought but lee what did what were what did you think who did you think they were and what did you think of the scene i have actually a list of nine things that i hate about this special and one of them is about this scene mm. so i i don't want to get ahead of my list but but, uh, but tell us if that's one of them 
Unless you want to do your nine. Okay. No, unless you want to do the <laughs> nine, is, the nine, nine things. Yeah, you're Christmas. right. I, don't, I shouldn't just vomit them all on you at once. Okay, number seven on my list of nine things. <laughs> you remember You remember when we met Clara's parents? Story of the Leaf. Yes. And the sweet, romantic, hope-filled story of their chance meeting and their undying love. And from what we can see of her parents here, they are apparently fed up with each other. <gasps> Those were her parents. And I know that happens, but this scene sort of suggests it's inevitable. So, hey, Moffin, Merry Christmas. Oh, no, buddy. no, no. I got, I got you one different. Oh. That's, no, see, Mom is dead. That's the second wife. That's how I interpreted that. That was the second wife that's, that, Cla- that's even that worse. doesn't like Clara. Well, oh but we never God. see them again, oh. so we don't know. I had oh. no idea that was her parents. Yeah, I thought those were her parents, and I thought, nice. That's nice sad Steve. now. I don't. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> Isn't that awful? But see, I still say yes. mom is dead. That is because we, we've better. already established mom is dead. Mom is dead. Did we? Yes. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah there is something that uh, because mm. I think it's. I'm, I'm sure you're right. But. There's there's some scene or there's something that she says in a previous episode that she references her mo- mother you know, having passed away. And um, I, I'm pretty darn sure of that. And I have always thought of this as being the doctor, I mean, the doctor's second wife, the the father's second wife. Mm, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And wow, I just never okay. would have thought that. So now she has a stepmom who, <laughs> so now she has a stepmom who doesn't like her. Merry Christmas, Stemo. <laughs> <laughs> But you gotta admit the grandma was pretty awesome though. I love grandma. <laughs> but we never see them again. And I don't, you know, I don't realize or I don't understand why we spent the time that we did to have these scenes unless we were trying to fill up time, unless we were trying to have a Christmas <laughs> moment, as we were saying just a few minutes ago. But never use these characters again. We don't see them again after this. Mm. Well, we had yeah. to establish the the naked hologram thing. We had to establish the crackers with the poem. But other than that, you might be right. So you guys want to laugh at me for a moment? As many times as I've seen this episode... As many times, let me say that again, as many times as I've seen this episode, maybe I didn't have my hearing aids in, maybe I didn't have the closed captioning on. I only realized, because I was told this week as I was watching it, that the doctor was naked in the scene. I never picked up on that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Granny was seeing it all. And that was why she wanted to play Twister. Yes, she likes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, mom and dad are scandalized, but yeah. So I really wish Shannon would have been here because I was going to throw <laughs> here that, you know, oh, sorry, yeah. Sweden, because uh, she was like, oh, he's Swedish, I believe. Yes. Would well, the Swedish people like to be naked? Is that the implication here? I, I think I, she's just yes. groping for something. It's just <laughs> literally. No, he's, um, yeah, Swedish. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> So I have a question. Let's move on here because I can't wait to find out the other eight items on the (laughs) list. So I have a question for both of you. The question is, Doctor 
Who? Oh, is that on? Did that make the list? Yeah, it's actually number one. <laughs> Go for it. It's actually number one. Magic that requires the doctor speaking his own name. Enough already. Yeah. Enough. It. Oh. Oh my God. And in fact, we'll we'll get through them out of order. Number <laughs> six on my list is. Let me get this straight. It turns out that the software. Inside the seal of the High Council of Gallifrey is a chorus of voices demanding Doctor Who. <laughs> That's cute, I guess. But why? Why would it have this? Who put it there? Is any of this in this story going to make any sense? Maybe you just answered your question. I'm just playing. I am totally just playing yeah. with you here. Maybe you just answered your question with your <laughs> yeah. question. Well, did, didn't yeah. he use that to decipher the message, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had handles deciphered. Hmm. Oh, boy. And for that matter, why do or, they... Or, or is he... I think you're right. He, he with, with the seal, he can... He and handles together can, can interpret what's coming through the crack. And that's saying Doctor Who. Yeah. Which is 0.01% less stupid than what I was thinking. <laughs> but, but still, I mean, you make an excellent point. If they have the ability to come back, why do they need confirmation from the doctor in order to come back? Because she yeah. said something to the effect of... They would know that it was safe to come back if they knew it was him. Well, we, apparently it'll never be safe if they're going to always bring war. It 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 <laughs> well, made yeah. no sense to establish that the, that he can't allow them to come back. If the implication is once they get back, a war will break out. That tells me that they can never come back. You know, until we see them again, possibly sometime in the future. Uh, true, but I mean, I think it still stands that. If a war is going to break out upon their return, they basically can never come back. So why? And they should know that, I think. <laughs> so I'm, I don't yeah, know. Right. And and right. I'm guessing they waited to project this message across the crack, which is breaking through the universe because the TARDIS exploded. Of course, they waited till they knew the doctor had returned from actually sealing them in the universe bubble time bubble whatever at the end of of day of the doctor so they had to wait to after that before they can actually contact them i'm assuming so you guys are really making me think and dissecting this because did the crack in the wall not get resolved at the end of series five i thought it did yeah we're through with that until we need it again yeah, it did, but be mm, so. So this is what I was thinking. Help me out here. Since they established in big, the Big Bang that that crack was going through all of time of of human history, well, of the universe's history, could that be why Doctor Who is the oldest question? If they started projecting it across that crack, and that yeah, crack goes. The only- Go ahead. It's the only possible explanation for that, I think. Mm. They made it the oldest question. <laughs> mm. It would also be the last question. <laughs> yeah, true. If that's the logic. 
And it's the now, right? <clears throat> excuse me. It's the now, right now question. It's the moment later exactly. question. It's the moment before question. It's the question. dumbest question. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes back to but what the you guys said, and I think it was really? Lee. I think it was you that said it on one of our previous episodes. We never cared. We don't care. We care about the character. We don't care <laughs> the doctor's name. Mm. So I think I'm just going to continue asking Lee. <laughs> I, I have notes, but I'm having too much fun with this. So I'm going to say, Lee, would you like to share another number on your list? Number one, magic that requires the doctor speaking his own name. Number two, we, we worked hard in the previous season, building up this whole thing that I loved of the doctor erasing himself from history. So now the Daleks and the Cybermen and so on don't know who he is. That's exciting to me. Yeah. Well, it's gone. We just abandoned that. Everybody <laughs> in the universe is gathering at this world because something's going to happen that involves you know who. So once again, he is the center of the universe. And it just, it, it just makes me weak. Please. Yeah, it, it didn't take them long to reverse all of that work to establish that, you know, he never existed or, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Lee, what's another number on the list? <laughs> this okay, is so much three. fun. <laughs> now, you, 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 people can argue with me about this, but um, Daleks and Cybermen, well established in the series, um, even the Weeping Angels. But here are the Silence again, and they are just here to be the Silence. They don't serve any purpose in the story except to fill out the roster of Eleven's greatest hits. Hmm. Right? They're just, they're just there. And so I, we're, we're, you're thinking the Christmas story, uh, at, at, uh, you know, Clara's Christmas dinner is just there to, to take up space. Why are the silence in this? I just, I've never found them that interesting. And here they are. And Clara sees one and then she forgets she sees it. The end. Yeah. Now, um, hmm. So was their reasoning for being there? Is that they're a, they made them a confessional part of this religion. So that being said, the reason we saw them with Madame Kevorkian, if I'm saying her name right. Uh, is because they were always the, the, um, what do you call it when you go on a booth? Confessional, confessional mm -hmm. members of this religion the whole time. See, uh, I actually, uh, yeah. but I actually like, and I like that idea. Yeah. And, and I liked, well, I agree in some part of what you said in the sense of, you know, Matt Smith's greatest hits, you know, here, here they are again. I did like the fact that it gave a little bit better explanation, even though that's a weird church. If you have to go naked to church, okay, I get that, but I just think it's weird. But um, I do like the fact that it, it explains that this sect or segment of the church actually breaks away and does what Madame Kavorian was doing. And mm -hmm. explains that. And I actually like that we've had a change of faith and silence will fall. I like seeing that origin and seeing that. But I do understand your point of the greatest hits thing. Yeah, let me add what I what I didn't like about that is the fact that they've, in a sense, I'm not going to say retcon, but they've added to the story 
And to me, it it made it they did bring some clarity, but they also made it much more confusing because, (laughs) in my opinion, to think of what happened in the Big Bang already like hurts my brain. (laughs) And now I have to add this other layer that uh, it's just a lot. And as far as seeing the silence and the rest of the greatest hits, the only value I think it had in this episode was to give us the to give us the view of seeing Clara experiencing experiencing them for the first time and seeing her reaction that I did like. But I, I do agree with you that it's the big tent pole episode. Let's just bring everybody back. But I love seeing her react to the silence, react to the weeping angels for the first time. So that I did like. So, Lee, are the weeping angels on your list? Because I want to make a comment if um, if they're not. No, I love the angels. Okay, I love the angels, too. But I think, in a sense, this did a disservice to the weeping angels because they're waking up, and then all of a sudden, we don't hear from them again. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, by, by having a story that takes place over 400 years or whatever it is, they're there's obviously a lot that's missing, you know, that we have this ex- protracted war with the Cybermen and then they give up and apparently, but their plan is that they're developing a wooden Cyberman, you know? <laughs> um, so, so we know that there's some things like that that have to, to take a long time. And, um, and we see the doctor aging as a result of that. So I, you know, I, I, I was willing to buy that, that we've dealt with the angels again somehow, but you know, once we've had the Statue of Liberty being weeping, and <laughs> I just feel like all attempt at logic about them is out the window. So, well, at least the the, the Cyberman's name wasn't Pinocchio. <laughs> there you go. That's true. Oh, interesting. With uh, at the risk of a spoiler, too, knowing what we know in the future, isn't it interesting that that Cyberman ended up with a neat hole blown right through his chest? Yes. Uh, now that <laughs> I agree. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Interesting. Mr. Yeah. Shackelford, may I have a question for mm. you? Yes. Would you like to share another item on your <laughs> list? <laughs> well, this is really duplicitous because I've already, I'm contradicting myself because I changed my mind. You asked me once what I liked, what I, if I, what I, if I liked the notion of the Daleks taking over a human body so that sometimes, you know, their, their eye stalk will just come blasting out through somebody's forehead. And I think at the time I said, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, the more I think about it, the less I like it. If, if Daleks could do that, why don't they just do that all the time? They could climb the stairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seems more efficient. They'd have hands. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? <laughs> I mean, and and the, the, their rays uh, emanate from the, the possessed person's hands. They've got two ray guns. So... So, no, I think it's stupid, and I just wish they wouldn't do it. So, that's number four on yeah. my list of nine things to hate about this Christmas special. So, I'm how many like, items I, have we covered at this point? That's five. Five, so we got four more. Yeah, right. I'll, just, I'll just add that I've never liked the Dalek coming, uh, inter- interfacing with a human like that. I've just never. It just always seems stupid and cheesy to me. <laughs> And the fact that it's almost as bad as uh, the uh, the Dalek machine in uh, the Daleks take Manhattan um, that 
turns the guy into a half human half he's he's got a Dalek on his head is what it is and we find that the Dalek casing is basically hollow yeah which contradicts mm. what we've seen before anyway so mm. <laughs> all right so share another item good sir on your list i think i've miscounted because they they're multiplying <laughs> No, no, I've only got three left. Um, yeah, I give you one, two, three, four, five, and seven. Yeah. So number six is, no, I give you one, two, three, four, six, and seven. That's what it is. Number five is the doctor's Christmas cracker contains a prophecy of doom. That's a pretty grim Christmas cracker. How'd that get in there? <laughs> but I love, I so love the uh, poem. I just really love it. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. How'd it get in there? <laughs> I just... Mm. I, I, the 12th it, Doctor just, traveled back in time and put the uh, poem in there and wrote it. And then there you go. sloppy script writing to make things appear for no reason. That's sloppy, lazy screenwriting. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's the next item on the list? Or is this Maybe the final this is item? No, oh, okay, I got two more. Okay, All right. So what is Over it? the course of the story, the 11th Doctor ages. Then he is young again when it's convenient and necessary to the story. And I think there's a, a, a halfway explanation that there's something that he's eating with Mother Superius that gives him back his youth. And if so, I'll buy that. I mean, that's the way the, the editing made it look. But... Still, that's very convenient because he's going to need to be young in the next few minutes. Then he ages a lot and then he dies. Hooray. And we get this triumphant confrontation with the Daleks, emotionally really satisfying. And then we get his smug young face again. <laughs> and this regeneration is not moving forward now. It's backing up to take a running start after we and the audience have already done the emotional work of letting him go. It's a whole new Get on with it. cycle. Take it a moment to kick in. Yeah. Exactly. And we, and we have to have a throwaway line. And, you know, that, that, that suits my, you know, what I always say, that give me an explanation, I'll buy it. They gave us an explanation, but it's still... So ponderous. It's still, the the script has too many things left to take care of, but it hasn't been set up properly to take care of them. So we'll just start stacking them on top of each other. And I don't, and just as an audience member, I don't, I don't find that moving. I just find that irritating. I, what I said out loud to the screen was, get on with it. <laughs> so. So let me let me say this before I forget it, and I want to apologize in advance to our friend Jessica from Seska says on what I am about to say and reveling in her pain, which is I <laughs> knew that she was, and she anyone that watches her YouTube channel knows that she was a huge fan of the Amy Rory and the Eleventh Doctor era, a big fan of the Eleventh sure. Doctor particularly. That said. Watching her reaction to the Eleventh um, Doctor's time of the Doctor, you know, the finale, she's gone through exactly what you just said, Lee, of having that emotional moment, thinking it's the regeneration. She's fully expecting it to be Peter Capaldi walking up the mm -hmm. stairs. 
<laughs> and then there is, I mean, you watch this re reaction. There is a sigh of relief physically in her, on her face. A and me knowing what's coming next, it's like, okay, you're not going to be smiling in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's Thought not was over, smiling in just a few yeah. minutes. So oh, it's exactly oh. what you said. It's, it's pulling oh. that rug out from under you and putting it yeah. back and pulling it again. Jessica, I'm sorry. I didn't do it, but I, I feel you. Mm. But it was it was a long time ago. <laughs> All right. But, Claire, aren't you about to say something? Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, what do you think about the concept of maybe the 11th Doctor, excuse me, 13, uh, whatever. He's not the 11th. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but he is the 11th in name. How about that? No, we just need to throw yeah. the stupid naming out completely because it makes no <laughs> sense anymore. I mean, it really does. Anyway, uh, what do you think about him being like the longest, probably the longest lived of all the doctors from mm -hmm. from first, you know, first seeing Amy to this regeneration? He lived a long time. Yeah. I... Yeah, I Go ahead, Lee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think that kind of bugged me at the time. I felt like he was sort of stealing some other other Doctor's thunder. But I was in such a bad mood by this point that, you know, when, when we started seeing, you know, him in old age makeup, I was like, oh, for Pete's sake. Like, <laughs> how, how long must we have this Doctor? But we don't know how old the first Doctor was when he, when he wore thin. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, Especially yeah. now. Right. But, um... Anyway, but yeah, we certainly didn't see any of the other doctors age uh, through their, their time as the doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember talking to people who were right on with what you were saying. It was you, just as in this season, you had placed such a high importance to Clara, to the doctor's timeline. You also, meaning Moffat, put this version of the doctor love this version of the doctor but by this episode saying that he lived longer than any other version of the doctor it just i don't know so it, it did not sit good with with some people sometimes sure some people just loved it i don't really care honestly one way or the other but i agree um that i don't i probably would well it doesn't really matter to me, but I, I, I totally see the point, I should say. Have we covered well, the uh, list? Sylvester McCoy will be quick to tell you that he was the doctor for longer than anybody, although he does it with a big grin. Because <laughs> he was the doctor when the series ended, and he's the doctor at the beginning of the TV movie, which was 11 years later. So there you go. Yeah. So it's hard to argue. And he's got a different TARDIS interior and everything, so yeah. Something's happened in there. <laughs> so, have we covered the list? No. We have one more. Cool. Oh, no. What's the top? Number nine. What's number nine? The utterly gratuitous use of Karen Gillan, who frankly, in this scene, looks more to me like Nebula than Amelia Pond Williams because she has no facial affect. She's made up to look like a corpse. And so it's just creepy. And anyway, why upstage poor Clara at this moment while her 
doctor is dying. And I understand the doctor is mentally bookending his own life and hers is the first face that this they saw. But man, oh man, he's dying and he doesn't see his wife, which negates everything from that beautiful scene at the end of Name of the Doctor. It negates it. Plus, it also mirrors the dumbass thing in the otherwise brilliant Adventure in Time and Space when William Hartnell somehow inexplicably has a vision of Matt Smith. And it's just <laughs> that overworked, overused, we get it, the doctor's remembering something, we don't need to have a bleeding cameo to show us that. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Well, <laughs> well, we, we, we do it again in the Capaldi era. Yes, yeah. yes, we have not learned anything from this. <laughs> I know, so hmm. clearly other people like it, but I just, it, yeah, yeah, we're going to keep doing it, and it makes me crazy. Okay. Well, so, well, well, speak, well real quick, speaking of River, what got on my nerves more is when he kisses, kisses Tasha Lim after just yeah. speaking of how he wouldn't have made it there without River. I'm like, hey, what? what? And he's I, on the bed <laughs> slash altar? Really? Did we need the yes, bed slash right. altar in this story? I mean... And he's naked. Uh, I and- have heard speculation that from from people, I you know, I, I, I mean, literally, I promise you, I have heard speculation that this is another incarnation of River from after oh the library. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I know that's hard to make canon, but... That would really be through yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but yeah. um, I, I will. So, so, so let no, me comment real quick on. He's the, also been kissing everybody, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Including Jenny. <laughs> so back to the walking down the stairs scene. I fully thought that was River. I expected that to be River. I needed that to be River. I was still saddened that it was Amy Pine. Yes, I agree. That was Nebula full and front and center and whatever. But I I enjoyed the scene. I was there for the scene. But I see your point. Yeah. That's one of the ones I didn't have a problem with. I loved it, actually. I loved it. Um, Yeah, I I really. I I know a lot of people do. Yeah, I'm sure. So, but but you as a Clara booster, don't you feel like she's being cheated here? Well, I, I felt like. I feel like Clara, this almost was the surpri- surprise Clara with everything episode. Let's surprise well, her with the true. new enemies that she never seen before. Let's surprise her with, with Amy Pun, who's like, who is this? Let's <laughs> surprise her by sending her back to her home twice. Yes. It, what? what? <laughs> yeah. She couldn't get and to break. have the TARDIS go away and leave her. Yeah. <sighs> And and actually, yeah, since you've made that list, one of the things about this episode that I absolutely adore, and it's just, you know, two seconds on screen, but Jenna Coleman, I think, what a terrific face this actor has, but her hilarious bulging eye to horror at seeing the doctor's new face, <laughs> that, that face she's making is, is the, maybe the best thing about the episode. My <laughs> just, she's so wonderful. Okay, so for, so let's talk with let's talk that scene for since we're talking about that scene. Mm. I like the fact we're talking about Jenna Coleman, knowing what I know in deep breath that exact or the very next episode that's coming immediately after this. I loved the things that Moffat does when she's walking out of the church 
There's the phone that is off the hook that she puts back on the hook before walking in and seeing the doctor, uh, you know, young again and making the conversation that she has there. I, I really, really enjoyed that because I thought that that was clever planning, in my opinion, but kind of foreshadowing without foreshadowing. I love the fact that I, I get your point, Lee, and the fact that it, you know, pulled the rug and put the rug back. But because of the, because of the fact that we now know that the doctor can regenerate into a female form, one of my issues would have been with that story. How was the doctor able to say any moment now he's a coming? If you wouldn't, if you didn't know what was coming next, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. no spoilers. But it you needed to have that young face in order to have spoilers. So um, I so, totally don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. No, <laughs> yeah, Do you, you you will soon, my friend. Trust me, I promise. Maybe six or seven weeks later after series thirteen, but you will totally. Well, understand. well you, I mean, if you're going to the part that you hate, can can I raise a counter argument real quick, or should I sure. wait till we actually review that episode? Oh no no no, we'll get there, we'll get there. But if you want to raise it, please feel free. I mean, so so we have seen it, although we know Clara have seen these different iterations. She oh no, that's, I'm I'm not going there. By the way, that okay. wasn't what I was talking about. Okay, all right. Well, I don't have no idea. So <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. So um. Lee, does that pretty much cover the list? Yeah, I can think of some other things I hate about it if you... <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, well, <laughs> I well, why don't we watch. balance it with a little positivity? Because I do yes. have some positive things that Me I... Me too. Re- I actually... I do too. Okay, cool. So I was really um, excited to hear the music. What the music mm-hmm. is one of the things that I've really, really enjoyed. But I want to ask you guys specifically about comparing the ninth to the tenth doctor's regeneration, the tenth doctor to the eleventh doctor, and now the eleventh to twelfth. Out of those three, just those three, where would you rate which would you put first, second, and third as your favorite doctor to doctor regeneration? Where would they fall? And Clarence, why don't you go first? Oh man. Uh, this is hard. Why would you ask me this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I will, honestly, I will put uh, tenets at the bottom. And the reason for me is I, it, it's not the regeneration within itself. It's just the whole, I don't want to go, it's become so cliche and overused. It just kind of gets on my nerve as a, as a whole now. Uh, I will say that I'll, I'll put probably uh, Eccleston's next. But as far as Matt Smith, I, I would I would be a toss up between him and Capaldi's because, you know, what I really love about Matt Smith is his ability, ability, ability to deliver a speech. And I mean, he just is perfection in his last uh, monologue at the very end there. So I just, I, I, that's what I love about his doctor, you know, in addition to that last scene there 
And also when he's on the top of the, the bell tower or whatever, the church or whatever it was, given his, you know, lay Daleks. down the law if you're feeling brave. But Dallas, yeah. never <laughs> tell me the rules. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes, that one. And, you know, you got to love Matt Smith for that. And in his regeneration scene is no exception. But I, if we're looking to the future, I will say Capaldi's is a really, really, really close to that because I really love his, his as well. So. All I don't right. know. What about you guys? Leave. What, how would you rank them? I loved nine to ten, and I, I guess part of what it was supposed to do was to continue this bridging the gap from the old series and the new, because there, in the past, the Doctor didn't get a chance to make a speech, and in a way that felt more real to me, and, yeah. and sometimes somehow more emotionally. Um, um, connectable, I guess, um, that I, I feel like that's how it happens. You know, um, I, and, and I, uh, I, I guess I haven't cried again, but that one really got me. Um, it, it was really was like somebody's dying and Rose has no idea what's going on and she's frightened and he, he blesses her as he goes, you know, he gives her this, this comp. You were fantastic. Yeah. And you know what? So was I. So was oh, I. Man. And that's all you need, man. Yeah. So good. And, and I miss that. Um, so, and the speeches are getting longer. So <laughs> the, the fact that 10 got to go do his greatest hits and go back and visit all his friends. I I thought, I enjoyed all those little vignettes, but I was starting to think, I hope we're not going to keep doing this. And we've, we've kept doing it. Yeah. Um, and so Matt Smith gets to be young again to, to do his big monologue. And no shade on that last monologue and Matt Smith at all, because that is genius. And I love, I mean, Kyle and I have you know deeply bonded over this. <laughs> we all change when you think about it. We're all different people all through our lives, and that's okay. That's good. You've got to keep moving. So, so long, long as you remember, remember all the people, people that, that you used to be. Mm. That's truly wise. And it's and it's good that he can say that to her, because he does know what he's talking about. But maybe that should have happened at the end of the previous episode, you know? We just don't need to, we just don't need to have seen him grow old and die and then pop back just for the sake of this moment. I think that's what, what irritates me about it. Yeah. So, but it, it, it's just the structure of it inside the story. But then 12 gets to make a speech that he has prepared, <laughs> <laughs> leaving, leaving a memo to his next self, uh, which I, I, I do like, kind of like that idea. But, um, I, we, we know that Jody has already recorded her regeneration. So I'll be interested to see how hers, how that script handles it. Yeah. What? Uh, so I just, I just kind of hope it, she's not going to make a speech. And I, I think what got me about Capaldi so much was the thing about being kind. You know, yes. we could have yes. used that this year. We could have used this yeah. in 2020. Oh, yes. Man. Again, it's a great, it's a great speech. I guess it just bugs me that it's a speech, but yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, I actually transcribed that and made it into my desktop for a while. I had those that last speech there just so I would look at it every day. You know. So you guys are making me think. You know, as I'm, and I love. That's what we're here for, right? And I love doing this because you know, 
I've always seen this episode through Kyle colored glasses, you know, my my fantasy of me, you know, putting me in the center of the universe, not not the doctor in the center of the story. So I love the fact that you had the nine things that you didn't like, because it gives me a new perspective of the story. But as I'm listening to you guys talk about these different regenerations, I think this regeneration in part fell at the worst time in the sense of you have this huge celebration episode immediately preceding this. Matt Smith says, I'm leaving. There's only one more thing that he's contracted to do, which is a Christmas special. So you have an extra long amount of time. You have the need to put in Christmas. You have blah, 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 blah. And I'm not, I'm not giving Moffat a buy. I, I agree with many of the, you know, if not almost all, if not all of your nine items, but I just will say that maybe it's Christmas is part of what was wrong here because, you know, the greatest hits of Matt, I mean, of David Tennant that we've referred to, I absolutely adore, but I get, you know, where that can be kind of cliche, etc. It was a Christmas slash New Year's episode. The one that we really, 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 really like was just an ordinary episode. It was the end of the season, 9 to 10, Eccleson's leaving, that was it. It wasn't this other thing that it had to be other than a story about regeneration. Yeah. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, I think that's well said, yeah. Yeah, can can I add an add honorable mention to the most hated things from this episode? Oh, please. And this one is a doozy. <laughs> oh my god. It just ticked me off so much. Is the vortex cooking of the turkey. <laughs> now, didn't last time we stared into the vortex, we kind of went all bad wolfy and stuff. I mean, <laughs> now we're cooking turkeys in there? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Thank you. I, I now I've got 10. I forgot about that. <laughs> Hey, can we shoot for 11? (laughs) That would be appropriate, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, let me give you a... Go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I wanted to fight with you about uh, Orla Brady as the mother superior because I I enjoyed her and I I liked that whole idea. Um, And um, fans of Star Trek Picard know Orla Brady because she was his... uh, (gasps) Oh, my God. Romulan strong right arm. Yes, that's Laris. That's Laris. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love now, it now. Now you don't. Now, now, now yeah, go back, and I'm sure that I made a comment that she was Tasha Lamb, and you just didn't remember who Tasha was. Yeah, I probably didn't. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay, I still That's don't right. like her in this episode, but <laughs> I don't like Maybe the concept it's my antipathy of her. towards big church, but I, I, I love all of these things where the church is a military organization or has mutated in some other way in the future, and and frankly, the idea that you should be naked in church. I mean, in theory, it's supposed to be about um, being known as you are and being vulnerable. I mean, this is kind of a logical extension to me. Um, I don't want to do it, but, you know, <laughs> I, I understand the concept. But, uh, but um, so I like that. But I, I, I enjoyed her, her playing with him. Um, but, yeah, you do kind of, I don't know. I can't figure out what his concept of being married is so <laughs> yeah who knows oh, who knows oh let, let me add a yeah. plus real quick as well 
Handles was awesome. I really liked Handles. Was he off the handle? He was off the the chain. (laughs) Whatever you said. But I loved how, you know, the doctor told him, give me some random time to tell me when to wire back in the phone into the main console. Which, like, why were you unwired from the main console? But anyway, he he reminds him the random time uh, miraculously comes up right before he dies. So... Yeah, I thought handles was pretty a pretty cool concept to make him this this AI friend to to kind of go along with him on his travels. I really like handles. Mm. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, on my short list of things that I love about this episode, it's uh, it, it, that maybe not handles <laughs> in every uh, use, but I really love the logic loop gap about handles as a computer. Although Cybermen actually have a human brain in them. <laughs> anyway, for some reason, handles can't understand. If you think about it, it is a vague concept. Remind me later. Okay, I'm reminding <laughs> you now. No, that's not That's not later enough. Pick a number, <laughs> the doctor finally <laughs> says. And what a lovely way to pay that off at the end. He remembered all this time. Yeah. That's just, I think that's really sweet. I did. I, I just. I just love that. Now, but, um, wouldn't it be crazy if that's what caused the fault loop in his system? <laughs> By having to come <laughs> you yes. did this, doctor. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, it's worth mentioning because we're talking about the episode. We got to talk about one of the meta things here. Is that while filming this episode, Matt Smith had just come off of shooting or was about to shoot Lost River. Interestingly, a mm. film called Lost River. And Karen Gillan has already started shooting Guardians of the Galaxy. So, Kyle. They're both bald. <sighs> they are both had their heads shaved for other projects. So when we see them, both, they're wearing wigs. <gasps> that is amazing. Beautifully mm. and carefully made to match their, their natural hair. But I love that this script... that. Once they had that situation to do with, they figured out a way to make it a moment in the story. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that is cool. He's, he's, he's got the key under his wig. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, wow. <laughs> totally cool. Totally cool. Sort of like rocket fins. Yeah. That is a good and Easter did you egg. Catch, and did you catch the oh-so-quick reference to the 20th anniversary special, Five Doctors? Sure. No, I didn't. Uh, the, the seal of Trinidad, the seal, the seal of Rassilon. Yes, yes, this is a nicked yes. it off the master. Yeah, that's after the brigadier has just cold cocked the master, like like he's always wanted to do this. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> so for a few minutes there, the master is uh, out, and he has the seal of Rassilon on him. So, or the, the seal of Gallifrey. So apparently that's when the doctor took it, and it turns up again here. <laughs> that is cool. cute, cute, very cute. very cool. Anyway. So, you know, I have a habit of saying the great Murray Gold. So I want to highlight one of my positives from this music, which is Murray Gold's music, specifically the tracks called This Is How It Ends, Never Tell Me The Rules, and then the final, um, it's a trio of songs put together, or tracks put together called Trenzalore slash The Long Mm. Song slash I am information. That's the music that's played as Clara walks out of the church until the regeneration into Capaldi at the very end. So I love that music. Absolutely. A hundred million thousand percent. 
So before we get into our favorite scene, favorite quote, and final rating, because we have been going as of this is a little bit over an hour, so I want to start <laughs> wrapping us up. I want to say I, I said at the very beginning that this had Kyle-colored glasses on it. The reason why I was so into this story, and Clarence, this actually connects you and I in a way and helps maybe plant the seeds for us even having a podcast in a way possibly so the this you know was december the 25th of 2013 and right around that time i found out that the business that i was working for for about 17 and a half years at the time was going to be sold so i'm having in the immediate six months to a year after I have this major life change. I change jobs. I move. I do all of these different things within the last 12, I mean, in the next 12 months, immediately following us, uh, you know, watching this. So this whole, we all change, we're all different people, that just played over and over and over in my head. And Clarence, I remember the following year, the last day after the company that you and I worked for at the time had been bought, my last day in the building that I had spent at that time, 19 years in, you came my very last day and reminded me of this particular doctor's speech. I've never forgotten that, and I've been waiting to bring that up on an episode for 257 episodes. <laughs> so I finally got to do that. So that, my friends, is my favorite scene. Real life favorite scene. There you go. So It's hard to beat that speech, man. It's, yes. it's so wise and it's so true. Indeed. So, Lee Shackelford, what is your favorite scene? I really, I understand our misgivings about some of it, but I really love the doctor showing up nude for Christmas and particularly Granny's appreciation. <laughs> Once you realize what's going on and then we cut back to her again, you go, she's not shocked at all. <laughs> are, are we playing Twister now? Oh, boy. She's ready to go. I love her. Clarence Brown, yeah. favorite saying. Yeah, I, I mentioned it before, but my favorite is going to be the doctor on the top of that tower giving his speech to the Daleks, saying that I forget the quote, but, you know, he wasn't having it. He wasn't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is still his turf. Yeah, I, I just thought that whole that, those few minutes there were just, you know, perfect. The rules of regeneration are known. You have extended all your lives. Yeah, rules. And, oh. rules. Okay, go ahead. And and, and, and he br he breaks it down for us too. You know that he 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 mentions the the meta crisis regeneration. Yes, yes. And um, but he does not mention. And it, it's funny that it forced me to think about this in um, the night of the doctor which is not seen by everybody, right? It, it is a mini-sode and it is sort of a, you know, an Easter egg more than anything else. But um, 
when the sisterhood of Karn find him, he's dead. Mm. Or at least she's, that's what she says. And, and the potion they give him brings him back to life. Mm. But she said, we restored you to life, but only for minutes. Only you for a minute. T- yeah. But, but she didn't say we regenerated you. She just restored the mm-hmm. current incarnation is how I took it. But long enough to give him the chalice that is going to regenerate so that he can choose his neck he can he can choose his regeneration with it i don't yeah so that still makes him that still makes the result the ninth doctor yeah Mm. okay well whatever sorry who knows he may grow up you know (laughs) I, i will just say that that scene is not timeless i'll put it that way keep going Clarence, you were still doing favorite scene, I think. Oh, yeah, that, that was it. I, I was done. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. So then favorite quote. And Lee, I'll start with you. Well, uh, apart from like, I will say the obvious, you know, we're all different people all through our lives. Um, I do really love everybody's naked underneath. I mean, that's true. And this is just one of those messing with your head moments is that we're trying to get used to the idea that he's got his clothes are a holographic projection and later that hers are too. Don't think about that too much. And she says, so you're still naked underneath. And he says, everybody's naked underneath. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you put it that way, yeah. (laughs) Okay. And my runner-up is, how can a town be called Christmas? I don't know. How can an island be called Easter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we know that the doctor, as a citizen of the universe, he knows that that island is properly called Rapa Nui. He's <laughs> making a joke. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Those are my favorites. Clarence, favorite quote? Well, we, we mentioned the obvious quote a number of times on this episode. But I'll say uh, that I also like right after that when... Clarence like, please don't change. The doctor jerks his head back, and um, the doctor's like, kidneys. I've got no got new kidneys. kidneys. <laughs> I, don't I don't like, like the color. 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 Don't like the Love color. Your kidneys? Of your kidneys? <laughs> oh, and just one more thing. Do you happen to know how to fly this thing? That is a great line to end on. Yeah. And I think they ad-libbed that, if I'm not mistaken. I think I read it somewhere <laughs> that they ad-libbed their first scene together. All right, so my favorite quote. So here I go. Mm -hmm. Um, It all disappears, doesn't it? Everything you are gone in a moment like breath on a mirror. Any moment now, he's the coming. Who's coming? The doctor. But you, you are the doctor. Yep, and I always will be. But times change, and so must I. And then he goes, Amelia, first place, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes... We all change. When you think about it, we're all different people all through our lives. And that's good. That's okay. You have to keep moving so long as you remember all the people that you used to be. I will not, re- I will not forget one line of this. Not one day. I swear, I will always remember when the doctor was me. Love that. Hands down. Five out of five, no matter how bad we've talked about this final rating, because of that and the emotional attachment, five out of five. That's me, Lee Shackelford. My final rating? Yes. I have to give this one one. (laughs) 
<laughs> seal of the High Council of Gallifrey. Out of five. Oh, Kyle loves Doctors. out of five. Yeah, five Kyle loves out of five. There you go. Okay, so one yeah. seal of Gra- Gallifrey out of five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clarence Brown. Yeah, I'm, wow. Um, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wow. So I, I still, ultimately, I still really love this episode, in spite of all the things we spoke about, spoke about that didn't, you know, they had us thinking a little bit that maybe didn't sit well with us. I, I totally agree on all those, but just the hype factor and the doctor-ness of the episode, I just can't, I can't disagree with that. I'm going to have to come in at like 4.2 twirling walking canes out of five. Awesome. Awesome. And you know what? For everyone listening, you know, this right here, we've had fun and we've dissected things. And, you know, we don't try to be the people who dislike something just for the purpose of disliking it. If you've listened to any of our episodes, if you've been listening to us for a long time, you know, we pretty much like everything but on the rare, <laughs> That's right. yeah. rare occasion where one of us doesn't like something, to be honest with you, I love going into it, me saying it's a five and Lee saying it's a one, because that to me, I think yeah. is fun and interesting. Well, it's all coming from a place of love. <laughs> yes, exactly. Good. Exactly. If, if you if you don't care about a franchise, then it can't it can't upset you, you know. I just, you know, there, there, there are stupid things happening on shows that I don't watch, and I don't care. <laughs> but, but I, I, I hold this show to a high standard, and so I want things to make sense and to be uh, emotionally sensitive. And it bugs me when they're not because I love this show. Yeah, and you know what? You know what? And I know I'm just being meta here, but mm. but considering the fact that there is so much freaking negativity in this world. The fact Ooh. that you and I can completely disagree on so many levels or, uh, you know, what we think about this episode versus whatever, whatever. And the fact of us being able to go away and say, I can't wait to do the next episode with you. That's exactly right. Yeah. I love that people yeah. can disagree about something and then go away and can't wait. To, you know, they're, it's just opinions. Everybody has one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Exactly. I, 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 fr- I freely acknowledge that I can be completely wrong about this if, if art forms have a wrong, right? <laughs> that is true. I'm, so- I'm sorry. I just crashed into my desk because I had trouble finding it. So we have a big kaboom. <laughs> to be kaboom. Uh, I told you to sorry. quit buying those desks from the same place that Diana Prince buys her airplanes. <laughs> Duh. I couldn't see it. <laughs> But you know what I can see? I can see that Mm. it's time for me to read that we need to do the closing, which is, Lee Shackelford, where else Mm. might you be found on the Internet? Oh, geez. I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I don't guess this episode will go out before November the something, will it? Oh, yeah. It should be going out by November the... Before November the 1st, and all things in the space and time continuum sync up as of this recording. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to be a guest at, um, I'm an invited speaker at a, um, a, a symposium called Telling the Stories. 
at uh, Alabama State University in Montgomery. And um, I think if you just go to uh, the uh, ASU website, you can troll around there and find telling the stories. But I've been uh, asked to come and talk about, you know, storytelling and stuff. So there you go. Awesome. And that is November the 5th and 6th. Interesting. Awesome. And you'll be in Montgomery, uh, Alabama. Montgomery. Yep. So interesting. Clarence yeah. Brown. What say ye? Uh, you know, I'm not heading up any panels anywhere, uh, but <laughs> I will say if you're in the Star Trek and if you're watching Prodigy, which should be out by the time this episode goes out, jump Ooh. on over to DiscussingTrek.com and see what we think about Star Trek Prodigy, the kid-focused Star Trek series. Awesome. And I will give a shout out since Shannon was not able to join us. I will give a shout shout out, excuse me, to Oz9 Oz nine or Oz9 podcast. And if you've been listening, please check out episode sixty three because I'm in it and I had so much fun. So <laughs> check out Oz9. And for everyone listening, if you disagreed with Lee. Or if you agreed with me or disagree with me and agreed with Lee, let us know, like we said at the beginning of the episode, let us know what you thought, what you think, your thoughts. And as always, guess what? We will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.